0: Welcome to Archer Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals, and reviews of the latest gear and equipment, and much more. Hey, my name is Roy Canterbury. I'm your host today on Archery Talk 101, and we have Tyler on the show with us today and we're going to talk about Archie with him and see what's going on in his archery world. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, before we get started, I want to let everybody know where you can listen to it. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can do it on Spotify and I think there's um, several other sites that get posted out to. Also, if you have access to Audible, it's on there. You can get that. And if you'd like to watch the video of our are talking here. Uh, you can see, get that on my YouTube channel, Learn to Fix It Yourself, or on archtalk101.com. They're out there. And probably the most unique way to do it is you can actually talk to us live while we're recording on the Arch talk 101 Facebook group. So now you know where you can get us. If whatever format you're seeing, there's a lot of other places in here. And we're just going to have a lot of fun talking about archery. So, Tyler, how did you get started in archery? That's always a question I like to find out. Everybody has a unique story and I like to hear them.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh actually I guess art well, let's say hunting wise, I actually started hunting with my dad whenever I was I was carrying a BB gun and uh hunting alongside him. So I, I was probably four or five years old, I guess, six years old, you know, just trying to keep up with him in the woods. And uh I actually killed my first buck uh whenever I was eight. And then, uh, I think I killed my first archery deer, which was a doe whenever I was nine or 10. So, uh, very young age, I actually started, uh, uh, hunting and, and, and actually archery hunting as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, I I could, I, I bet I was probably only pulling back 25, 30 pounds, you know, on a compound bow. And I can remember it, it took me a while, you know, it was, uh, I could only shoot about 15 yards, so it took a while to get a deer in within 15 yards that I could shoot. So
0: <laughs> it, it does. It takes a while to get, you know, learn how to get them in close, and I, I know my my first deer um, that I had a shot at, but didn't realize it because it was so new, uh, wasn't very far away, but my first one I actually shot at was 40 yards away, and I was about 20 feet up in a tree, and uh it's kind of nice when you see that arrow sticking out the beer when almost all the way when you turn around and you know you don't have to shoot a lot of weight I was shooting 52 pounds with a aluminum arrow great big twenty one seventeen, you know a heavy one and I think 145 grain four-bladed muzzy and uh with feathers and I think the feathers stopped it from going out the other side and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you know that was it. and and we we was able to track it, it as in tall grass, so, but we was able to track it. It didn't go too far. And, you know, it's always nice when you do that and you don't have to shoot a lot of weight. It's more shot placement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and actually my, my first deer was, uh, my mom was actually present. So we had a, we had a green field on some property that we own and, uh, I had a stand set up on one, one end of the green field. And then we had a stand set up on the other end and, uh, so she actually got to watch whenever I shot my first deer uh, with a bow. So that was uh, a really unique experience for the both of us.
0: Yeah, that that is is nice. It's always nice when you get to watch your kids, you know, out hunting and get to kill a first animal, whether it's with a bow or a gun or whatever. And it's always, always nice taking them out and letting them experience it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, yeah that was really a good a good time, you know, uh, my, my dad was with me uh, whenever I killed my first buck with a with a gun, with a shotgun, and uh, we were actually running dogs then, and then my mom got to be with me whenever I shot my first deer with a bow. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say I'm pretty blessed with that and pretty lucky to uh, have gotten to share those memories with them.
0: Yeah. Does your mom hunt as well then?
1: Uh, she's killed one deer. And uh, oh. the only way that was going to happen was uh, I was actually 15 and I couldn't drive by myself yet. So uh, I wanted to go hunting. So I talked her into riding with me because I only had a permit. So I was like, you got to go with me because I only got a permit. I can't drive. <laughs> so you got to go anyways. And we went and on that same greenfield, we had a shooting house. And so we went and got in the shooting house and I put the gun in her corner and I was like you're shooting tonight and she was like no I'm not I'm not I'm not shooting I'm not shooting and I said well I guess we're just gonna sit here and watch and so we sat there and watched and there's you know the the field you know there's four or five deer came out you know and she was like are we like we you really gonna sit here and watch and I'm like well, if you're if you don't want to shoot we're just gonna sit here and watch and uh so she finally got up the courage and uh and uh, took her first, her first doe. And uh, it was on the same field that I took my first deer with a bow. And so that's a really special place on, on a piece of property that we have. Uh, We've uh, my, actually my wife now, she harvested her first deer, killed her first deer on that field in that same shooting house as well. So a very special place on this piece of property that we own, a little small piece in Alabama. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of nice when when you' your, your, your mom and then you and then and then your wife and you know I'll get to the shoot there and um yeah you know and and kill deer out of it it's that's a nice place that you have and especially since like how you own the property so you don't want to worry about it being sold and losing your property and
1: yeah yeah we we've had it for a long time my my granddad
0: owned it and my great-granddad
1: actually owned a lot more and you know just over the years it's kind of gotten chopped up between kids and passed down and passed down and uh eventually it got to my mom and you know she has three other brothers and they all wanted to get rid of it but luckily she uh held on to it so uh, it's been a really nice place for us
0: yeah that's good when you can keep it especially when you know they get split up next thing you know this that you know the history of your family is just now it's it's all gone because all the property's gone to who knows where and yeah kind of nice that she was able to keep it
1: Yep, that's yeah, sure is.
0: So I imagine you have some other pretty cool stories about some of your hunting uh, trips. Now, what would be, other than you just talked about, you know, hunting with your with your mom? What else would be kind of your most um, memorable hunt?
1: Um, probably most definitely the one with my dad. You know, my first year. But uh, most recently, we've actually. Uh, me and my neighbor have, uh, I guess since 2018, we've actually been uh, doing a lot of public land hunting, uh, strictly bow hunting, all public land. And uh, that's been a a good change in pace. You know, I mean, you you do, you know, we own property and stuff as well. And we've always hunted that property or asked permission. and And I've always, throughout my life, you know, my whole family's always hunted. So we've always had permission to hunt multiple places around and, you know, just had ample opportunity. Uh, we were, you know, blessed that way and and knew everybody that lived around us and used to back whenever I was growing up, it was just no big deal. You know, you could right. hunt anywhere, you know, anybody you knock on the door and say, Hey, we'd like to fix your fence and take care of your fence and cut your hay, uh, for hunting rights. And they would say, absolutely. You know, it, like to have some bales of hay for our cows and you know you're gonna help fix the fence and absolutely you can hunt all you want well over the years that's kind of dwindled and we've lost this place or lost that place and can't hunt here anymore and can't go there well you know it's finally ended up to where really we've only got like 100 acres that we could hunt at most and so uh me and my neighbor actually in 2018 I you know I said hey let's Let's just take off somewhere and let's pick somewhere on the map and, and take off and start poet land hunting. And so that's what we did. And, uh, it's been a fun, it's, it's been a fun trip. We, we got this particular area that we go every year and we, uh, tent camp and we stay for about 14 days and camp out of the tent. And my wife goes and we take, you know, four or five people with us and it's all strictly bow hunting and, uh, just that time spent together is, is a, good you know just kind of brings you back to wholesome you know with a hustle and bustle of everybody's working everybody's always you know in a hurry trying to get things done and this and that and the stress of every day and uh, to be able to go away and get on some public property like that or even your private property if you've got some and just tent camp get back in the part of things and and settle down like that it's uh that's that's what i enjoy the most and and doing that the most and you know a particular story out of that was our first year that that we were there and we started doing this kind of deal we went for our 14-day trip or 12-day trip and uh it was our first time at this piece of property and uh this public you know property and so we were trying to get our bounds about us and uh we had seen some deer and had some good opportunities but never could close the deal on anything and uh this was early November I guess this was 2018 early November and um we went and hunted and came back and came back home went back to work and uh me and my wife got to talking and it's like what are we gonna do for Thanksgiving well it just so happened to work out that we went and did my family's thanksgiving the weekend before thanksgiving and then her family was tied up doing something and we were like well we yeah you know we really don't have to go anywhere and so we're both sitting here with these two tags you know like let's let's just go back and and see if we can't a get a deer you know and so we take off wednesday after work and uh as soon as we get out of work take off didn't even know where we were going to stay or anything. Just, I don't know, I guess we'll sleep in the truck or whatever, you know. We'll just go and see what happens. And uh, she had seen a particular buck in this in this area the trip before. And she's like, I want to go here. This is the spot that I want to go to and, uh, you know, get, get me all set up and everything. And so I get on my map and I start looking and looking around. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I can go to this little area over here and kind of scope it out. Uh, you know we didn't know the place real well yet and uh, so I took her into her area well she had actually went in on her own Uh, it was an afternoon hunt she had went in on her own where she saw the deer uh, you know the first time well you know me being me I'm like well let me go in with you this morning and get you all set up and make I like to go in and help her at least get in her stand you know and and get her going up the tree and everything, because we were hunting out climbers, and you know how it is, just the hustle bustle of trying right. to hang a climber and pick a tree and all that stuff. Like, I just like to get her in a spot and let her get going up the tree, and then I'll go about my way, and so we get into the area, and I did get a little bit turned around, which I had never been in there before. You know, I'm just kind of going off the map and what she's telling me, so we you know, got in there and I'm like, well, this ain't really where you want to be. You want to be over here. And, you know, the wind's doing this and the thermals are doing this and you need to be right up to, over here. And so I kind of changed her game plan a little bit and got her over and got her set up, got her on her way. Well, then I walk back to the truck and I, I get back to the truck. Well, I started the truck up and I start driving down the road and the phone rings and she goes, I'm 15 yards from the truck. And I was like, what? <laughs> And she goes, look at my flashlight. And she turned her flashlight on. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> I'm sorry. And she was mad. She was very upset with me. And uh, I had gotten turned around and just made a big circle and actually put her back. And then I walked all the way back and did a big circle all the way back to the truck. And uh, so, meaningless to say, she was very upset with me and very mad. And I was upset with myself. And I'm like, look, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I'm You know, like, it's Thanksgiving Day. And, you know, like, just be thankful we're out here. And uh, so I ended up just going another direction. I'm like, I'm just going to go and just look and just see what I can find. You know, she decided that she was going to get down and make a move and all that stuff. And I was like, just text me or whatever, wherever you get set back up. And so I go off into this area down the road from her a little ways. And uh, I start going in and I bumped a couple of deer going in. And, uh, it, you know, it already broke daylight by then, by the time I got going where I was going. And I bumped a couple of deer and then uh, I got to looking at where they were. And I pulled up my map and looked on my map. And it it was perfect. It was great. You know, like it it set up good. The wind was right for where I was at and to access this little area and uh so I start kind of going down the ridge Well, as soon as I poked off in the woods right there it was just rub scrape rub scrape rub scrape it was just tore up all the way down through there picked out a tree climbed the tree and I finally got there you know and it's just been one of those mornings where you're just like is this even worth it you know like is this public land thing even worth it this is a lot of you know like this is this is tough And uh, I probably sat there for an hour and uh, sure enough, I had a buck come in, did exactly what he was supposed to do, got a shot off at him and, uh, you know, put him put him on the ground. He went run off and I called her, you know, of course, I'm all excited now, you know, my whole day's just flip flopped all the way around (laughs) and, uh, you know, just shot my biggest buck, you know, on public land with a bow and uh, called her, you know, and she's all excited. Well, then we get down in there, and this buck had ran off the ridge and in the deepest hollow in the whole place, I think. And it's Thanksgiving Day, and we're on this giant public piece, and there is nobody. I mean, everybody's at Thanksgiving. There is nobody around. The whole
0: forest yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not sure any other time we could have just went back to camp and just, hey, we need some help, you know, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that deer literally and physically almost killed us uh i thought she was going to kill me in the middle of the woods because i put her in the wrong spot and then we both almost died trying to get him out so (laughs) (laughs) but uh it was awesome that we we've had some great memories and great times at at that place as well and uh it's just it you know it's amazing what bow hunting and hunting in general does uh to bring you closer together and you know as a family and I mean, it'll test you too, you know, it'll, it'll put you to the test and, and it'll also bring you together whenever you stick it out and, and go through everything and it, you know, archery hunting, any kind of hunting in general, you know, it's just, uh, it's willpower, you know, it's how much you want to put into it and that's what you're going to get out of it. So that's what I enjoy about it so much too.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of, I've had days where you go out there and it just, nothing's working right. And. Uh, I know what time I, you know, I had, I knew the exact path right to his own public property right, right from my tree. I'd go in there. Many times I go in, go straight to my tree, go straight to my tree. Well, I took a, a buddy of mine and we're going to put him up in a tree. So I walked straight in instead of going and turning and following my path. So we got him in there. I says, okay, I know where my tree stand is. I'm just going to cut straight over. I actually walked underneath my tree stand and didn't even know it. <laughs> and now it's like, and I know the area It's like, okay, now I know I am north of my tree stand. I don't know where. So then I started walking back. It's like, now I know i'm I'm south of everything. It's like, okay, so let's just walk back out. so I walk back out to the trail because uh, I knew if I I got my compass out. it's like, make sure I am yeah. not turned around. I gotta walk east. If I go east, I'm gonna hit a, a a road a service road that they have in there. And once I get that, I go back to my well, I went back to my my car. Straight to my tree stand, and I was like, I walked <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> I walked right straight to it, and right underneath it because <laughs> I went in a different way. And uh, you know, yeah. that things you know, it happens once in a while. That's why I keep a compass in my backpack because you never know. And you know, I was turned around, and there was probably only 100 yards from the trail to the river.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I, I do. Name. I, I keep one in my backpack. I, I, I don't use it near as much as I used to anymore, but. I really rely on my phone probably a little more than I probably should, but um, I definitely keep one in my backpack in case that thing goes dead or something or goes haywire on me. So,
0: well, and if you don't have a cell signal, yeah, it's it's hard to you know you can't really do much because you know if your phone's not getting reception, you can't do anything with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, It, it definitely makes it a lot tougher, but. I, I really feel like I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this uh, just uh, this past weekend. You know, it's like, I wonder how many hunters these days you could just put out in the woods and take their phone away from and say, all right, I need you to go in there 100 yards and find that whatever that is. And they, they probably couldn't do it.
0: Oh, yeah. Even if you get a map, say, like, OK, you need to go uh, 100 yards this way and then turn and go 50 yards that way and then make another turn go 10 yards and that's where it's at how many people know how to count off steps to know when they've gone 100 yards
1: yeah you know I probably not very many
0: no i i know when i was in college i took a, a backpacking orientation class or something anyway one of the things they had us do is you take a known yardage like for, for you know archers 20 yards mm-hmm. and you're going to step off that 20 yards and step it off and count your steps now you don't count every step you count every other step so if you start walking um you know military guys we always start Well, the first step is always left foot it's just been ingrained in us we just always do it so you're going to step on the left and you count when the right one hits it's one two three and i know that 11 and a half steps is 20 yards every time i've stepped it off 11 and a half steps and I'm at 20 yards. So I know if I go 23, I'm at 40 yards, you know, so I can you notice, know, so, okay, I need this many steps, count them off and make your right turn. And then you're, you're going to be fairly close. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, something we should all learn is is how to step that off. And, and I use that many times for stepping off. It's like, okay, where is 20 yards? I'm, I'm in, I'm over a field. I don't know where 20 yards is at. I don't know where 30 and 40 is. I can't tell. And uh, so I would step it off and say, okay, there it is. And I'd put a little marker down on the ground or something, you know, uh, you know, a little orange flag or, or a stick or something that I could see. And and then go out there and step it off. And and I even had, well, the rope I had with me was was 10 yards. So I had a 30-foot rope with me. And I had a loop on one end and I could loop it on the peg, go out. Okay, there's 10 yards. Flip yeah. it off go another 10 yards, 20 yards, I can mark them off. And then, you know, when, if there's trees, then you, you kind of learn how to yeah. judge them. And and, and yeah. then I don't judge at the ground. I judge straight across from wherever I'm at. You know, and, you know, those, those of us that are not depending on range finders. Um, well, that, that was my first deer that I killed
1: out of that greenfield. That's, I missed like three or four, you know, before I ever, you Know, got one, and that's what I had to do. Uh, you know, because in the yard, you know, I would my dad would be with me or whatever, and he'd be saying, All right, that's 20 yards, you know, or 30 yards, or whatever it is. And then I got in the tree stand, and I'm hunting this field, and I'm like, and I told him, I said, I don't know how far they are. And so that's what we did. We stepped, we didn't have range finders, so we just stepped it off. And uh, he put big rocks out there, and so he'd be like, All right, this one's 15, this one's 20, this one's 25. This one's too far. If they're past this, don't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way of doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it depends on what rock they were standing by. That's how far, you know, what I knew my yardage was.
0: So Yeah. And then now, of course, you probably know how to judge yardage a little bit better.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit better. But, you know, I'm one of these guys. Again, I depend on that rangefinder a lot. You know, I, uh, I'll get up in the tree and, you know, pick me a couple of spots out, you know, where I sit down, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna be a bow hunter, you gotta learn how to judge it too. You know,
0: yeah.
1: Take take your block and just roll it out there and start shooting at it. You know, and start trying to judge it. That's a good way. Or even archery tournaments. I don't know if any anybody on here does any 3D archery. You know. Yeah, we've got we've got some in
0: the group to do 3D archery, and yeah, even if they allow range finders, um, you should never use your range finder until after you've made your shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like okay I made a good shot it's like okay I was high did I judge the yardage too far or was it and then the range like, okay yeah I was I thought it was 25 and it was 28 or or whatever your, yeah. your ranges are yeah um you know use it to verify what you thought it was and, and make your 1st don't make your shot before um you know I mean after you've ranged it you know range it with your eyes first and Uh, one of the ways i do it is like if you're on a hill uh, and you're looking down at the trail don't judge the trail find a tree on the trail and go straight up where you're horizontal to and judge that distance and that works that's what you want to shoot it for and yeah you know that that's that's the part that is sometimes difficult is understanding those angles because the uh the arrow only drops based on the horizontal distance it travels, not the vertical distance. You know, so you know, carpenters all know a three, four, five triangle, that's how you figure a right angle. And, you know, let's say you're you're up in a tree, you're you're 40 yards up over the trail, and the trail's 30 yards out, and then you're gonna look straight down and you're gonna judge it's 50 yards. So you don't shoot it for you shoot it for 30 because it travels horizontal. The arrow may travel further but it's only going to drop based on the horizontal distance and same thing uphill as well. You know, it looks like it's further. You know, I had one that I, I knew was 20 yard range, but that deer looked like it was a good 50 yards You know, because I was so high above it. And you know what? I shot it for 20 and I got it, <laughs> but it was a yep. simple target. It was like you're, you're, 20 yards. Normally you got a good sized target, but when it's that small because it's that far away on your eyes, It looks like a small target. So then you got to aim for a smaller target. And that's why I always practice with one inch circles. You know, I shoot one inch circles at 20 yards and go back to 30 yards, go back to 40 yards. And uh, back, you get that far. And unless you got real small pins, you can't see the target you're shooting at. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of disappear when shooting that small of a target. But you put it like in the center of the, you know, if you're shooting a five spot or a single spot, you know, right in the center there. and and you can see from that. And I know there's there, there's ways of doing it. You can kind of look where it's at and kind of guess, you know, to get really close on it. Uh, I did that with a, a rifle. I was getting ready to go up Canada hunting. And, and I had probably guy's rifle the scope on it. But I had an old Springfield uh, 1903. Had just a little bead in the front and a peep sight in the rear. And, you know, 20 yards, I could see the target. You know, one of the two-foot square ones. Well, at yeah. like 200 yards, I couldn't see the target. <laughs> so it, it disappeared. The pin covered it and and then some because it wasn't really designed at shooting a two inch or two foot square. So I'm yeah. one of these, I'm I'm looking up and down, I'm on it, and left and right, I'm on it. And I took three shots at 200 yards and I put all three shots on the paper. That's good. And I couldn't even see the paper. So that's good. That's something you have to think about when you're getting small targets that are actually closer than what they seem to be. You know, you'd think at that distance you'd have to use, you know, your 30 or 40 yard pin. Um but no, you got to use your 20. And on mine, my, my 20 yard pin was bigger as I like, got smaller and smaller as, as they went down in, in the, the site. So now I've got this big pin and this little bitty picture.
1: <laughs> yeah, we uh, my cousin, I, I don't, I think it's BHA Bowhunters mm-hmm. Association. Yeah, uh, He was, he's a big part of that. And we used to do the 3D targets and everything. I think that that's uh something that people can do that really help a lot and uh i i, I noticed a big difference in my shooting after uh, a summer of going to two or three of those uh 3d ranges and stuff you know and just going around and shooting you know you unknown yardage and you know just shooting your bow and getting repetition in different places unknown places not your backyard the same thing over and over again but you know, different elevations, different types of shots and everything. And I can remember one, uh, we were shooting and they set one up and it was only like 10 yards. It was a turkey at like 10 yards. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know how to shoot this, you know, because my arrow is not going to rise in within that amount of time and everything, you know, and so like you had to shoot really low on it. I believe that's what it was. I think you had to shoot low on it to get it to hit where you wanted it to hit. But, uh, you anyway, know, it's just puts you in different elements where you can learn things and stuff, you know, that you wouldn't typically do just shooting in the backyard.
0: Yeah. When when you when you look at it to figure that out, like you're really close targets, you know, closer than 10, 10 yards, you are know, like your five and 10 feet. You're going to have to shoot them for like your 50, 60, 70 yard pins.
1: So, yeah. So high. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You got to shoot, you got to shoot high. And then, Because what happens is uh, your arrow is at the level of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And then your sights are up the level of your eyes. So now you're three or four inches where your sights are is three or four inches above your arrow. Yeah. And that's why a lot of blind hunters end up shooting their arrows through the blinds and and not through the opening that you're supposed to shoot through. Because they don't realize that that arrow is below. Yeah. I, I had one where I was up on a platform and, and it was a gator that was like five feet away and you know at that time i had had a program I don't know what happened to it anymore, but it you could take the distance between your arrow and your P you know it, it full draw the speed of your arrow, the weight of the arrow, you know whether you fletching and they'd figure out all all the different angles and it said, uh at five feet, shoot seventy yards.' So I'm up on a platform. I'm leaning over, leaning over, leaning over. All, all of a sudden, I finally get the pin on there, and then I shoot my 70 yard pin and nail it. And you know, because I that's what I had to do in order to hit it at that range. And then you know, like you know, any projectile is going to be rising, and it's going to cross the plane, and then it's going to rise and then drop back down. So depending on what you're at, I know arrows aren't quite, quite the same, but a little bit different. Um, I know on on rifles, like you sight in at twenty five, twenty six yards, and then it rises, and you're dead on. You know you're you're high at a hundred, and you're dead on at two hundred, and you're low at three hundred. You know, and the archer's going to do the same thing. It's going to pass through that plane and pass back down. So that's just what you just shoot different distances. You know, try them, try them shooting at, at real close targets, and then shooting at targets further away, and just see what your bow does. That that's kind of interesting, you know, what, what goes on with that?
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I kind of watched you there for a minute. I think my volume or something messed up.
0: Let's see. I think that's better. Yeah, yeah. as long as long as you hear what I'm talking and I, I can hear what you're talking, so that that's all good.
1: Yeah. I don't know what happened. It's really, really low for some reason. Let me try this. Hold
0: on just one second. Put your earbuds in?
1: Yeah, I was going to try that and see if that was better.
0: Can you hear me? I got some, I got some headphones that I normally use, and there's something going wrong because they'll they'll start cutting out, and so I'm not using, I'm using a regular speaker now, but I prefer the headphones. I can hear better. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got you good now if you can hear me good.
0: Oh, yeah, I can hear you good now. Yeah, we're, we're we're all good.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so uh, yeah, I didn't catch that last part, but yeah, uh, I think on that particular target that I ended up, uh, I just I didn't know exactly what to do, so I just looked down my arrow, is what I ended up doing on that target. So uh, it worked <laughs> out, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it, you're, you're lucky in you're that because a lot of times you don't practice shooting down your arrow, looking down your arrow. Yeah. So then you, you're just have you ever practice it? no yeah yeah well it if it works it works if it don't it don't that's why they put them more crossins in there i've talked to somebody setting up ones and and they put the close ones in just just to mess people that have don't know their equipment well enough and i'll put them in close and things Ah, this easy shot and then they miss them yeah (laughs) yeah i've actually seen some videos where guys were just like their arrow was when they shot was almost touching the animal, yeah. You know, at, at that point, yeah, you know, most of those big animals, like they got a big enough kill zone. It really did not matter because you're you're going through them, except the arrow hasn't had time to actually build up its speed yet. You know, until that straight yeah. is fully launched, it. So you definitely yeah. don't want them too close, but yeah. those are interesting ones when guys are full draw and the animals just you know, a lot of times you see them like a, a moose, you know, or or, or elk sometimes they're just so close that yeah you know, any false moving that animal could run you over because they're basically almost stepping on you <laughs> <laughs> i've never been in any
1: situations like that but uh i, w- I wouldn't mind going sometimes i'd love to get on get on some elk or moose or anything like that my grandfather used to go to canada every year and hunt uh, everything.
0: oh your your volume went out yeah your 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 volume cut out for some reason. I'll take the headphones off. <laughs> See if that helps. Is <laughs> how's that? A little better? Well,
1: I don't know what's
0: going on. I can on hear here. you now. <laughs> can you now? Yeah, I can hear you now. It's can kind you- of weird. Also, you're talking and just went quiet. <laughs> there we go. Can you hear it right there now? I don't
1: yeah, I don't know oh. what keeps going on. Yeah technology man that's what i told you you to get rid of it and then
0: <laughs> hey, go, go back the way it used to be you know just no no technology
1: pull so, up the dial up phone and just spin it around and
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the old dial phone there's right some of us that don't don't remember them but of course i'm old enough to know know those yeah I remember when there was pay yeah. phones and um yeah, you, know, you put a nickel in it to make a phone call and
1: Hey, you never dropped a call unless the line no. got busted. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was all wired. Yeah. And right. then you could, uh, sometimes you could hear other conversations.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. there'd
0: be crosstalk between the lines and, and you'd hear somebody else's conversation. I don't know if they can hear yours or not, but it's like hearing somebody else talking and wasn't a party line. And yeah. And now you don't pretty much hear that. They eavesdrop on you now that you can't. You can't tell because you can't hear them.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: So what is, um, tell me about one of the has been one of your most challenging hunts you've been on.
1: Gosh, um, that public land one that I told a little bit ago, that was, that was pretty challenging, um, trying to think back of you know i mean you have different ebbs and flows throughout a season you know mostly most of the time i deer hunt you know and and uh you know it just kind of ebbs and flows and it's not particularly super difficult it's just the mind thing where you just got to stay at it you know what i mean it's not a um I guess what I'm trying to say is, is those difficult times and stuff and, and, and the challenges and everything, that's part of it. That's what makes it so much fun. And so for it to be one particular hunt that was just more challenging than the rest, I mean, that, that was definitely a challenging hunt and time just because of everything that happened. Um, But, you know, that's what makes it so rewarding in the end. So I, I don't necessarily look at it as as you know hard or challenging. I just look at it as that's part of it. That's what you got to do to be successful at bow hunting and and hunting in general um, is the difficult parts. There's, if it was easy, everybody would get out there and do it. You know, which yeah, I, in some places, in some ways, I would say it is easy. You know, i I've, I've hunted with people that. You know, and, and no offense, everybody has their own thing, but, you know, they pour yeah. out a pile of corn and go out and, you know, sit over this feeder or whatever. And I just, uh, I like my hunts to be a little more challenging, I guess, than that. I, I really enjoy going into the woods and really figuring out how a deer's moving and, and the wind direction and where he's bedding and where he's going and where his does are and how to catch him in between and, and all that stuff, you know, and, and every time you hunt a buck, that's a challenge. Yeah. So uh, there is not any one in particular that, you know, is just, you know, easy, I guess. Uh, now sometimes things happen and fall into your lap a little bit, but, uh, you know, you kind of make the right decisions quicker, but, uh, Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, me hunting, I I do it for enjoyment and uh, just for the love of being in the outdoors. I don't typically put a huge amount of pressure on myself to uh, get out there. So my my, uh, pressure cooker, I guess, has been in the fishing industry. Uh, I've fished and – Actually, professionally fished for a while, and uh, so that was my pressure cooker. You know, like that was my challenges and the the grit and the grind and all that stuff. And whenever I went over to the hunting side and I go hunting, that was kind of the let go and like I was saying earlier, go out and get into the woods and kind of decompress. So I didn't I didn't really let the challenges of the hunting aspect build up on me too much.
0: That uh, was kind of your your release. Yep, we've got a few right. comments in uh, from Stevens. He had some comments as we've been talking here, and I forgot to go look at them. And uh, yeah, he said he did not get to do a whole lot of hunting with his boys, but uh, um, you know, a few things get in the way, and you know, I don't do as much with my kids as I want to. And um, he says he loves 3D. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's good. But he don't need pins. <laughs> 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 he shoots traditional equipment. <laughs>
1: Is it a recurve, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So you don't
0: need pins. Is like okay, I, I've got a recurve, but I don't shoot it enough to, you know, feel like I could actually take it out and go hunt with it, because I, I don't spend the time practicing with it, in order yep. to do that. So you know, I'm going to go out with the best chance I have in you know, arch equipment. You know, with 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 my compound. um Yeah. But you know, hey, they they shoot differently. You got different practice, different mindset, and everything. They're all they're all different, and they're all fun yeah. to shoot. <laughs> no yeah, matter what you have, it. they're all fun to shoot.
1: <laughs> that's exactly it, and and it don't cost near as much as a gun to shoot a bow.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> as long as you don't lose your arrows or break them. Uh, that's right. It's, yeah. it's a one-time purchase.
1: Over and over again. That's right. That's what. That's one thing that I loved about it so much was it was an activity that we, you know, as a family could go do, and you know, I mean. Of course, if you want to get expensive with it, you can, but it's also one of those things that you can get started and get going and have a long, a uh, long time of enjoyment, you know, out of, uh, archery and, uh, not just hunting wise, but just shooting in general. I mean, we, we used to shoot all summer, you know, and, and that was kind of like a afternoon thing, especially, you know, wherever it got to be about August or so it was an everyday thing, you know, that was. We'd come home, and you know, Dad get home from work, and I'd get home from school, and we'd go out and shoot, you know. And so, uh, it it's it's awesome. I I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's nice to be able to get out and and do stuff with your kids. I know I I've taken mine out I mean, when when my youngest was was really long, young in in uh, Cub Scouts. Um, I owned a um, sporting goods store, and we had archery in there as well as other things and he'd come out there and he would just spend the day shooting arrows he'd have like 30 or 40 arrows that are just mismatched and you know ones that were broke cut down to fit him and you know he would just sit there and shoot for hours and 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 just shoot and have a lot of fun and um you know that that was that was kind of fun and yeah and then uh one time I had his cub uh pack come up and shooting the range and introduce them to archery and let them have fun and you know it's 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 kind of fun you know doing that kind of stuff for them and and you know my my oldest he he did some shooting and you know there's been oh probably 20 years ago now he got his first robin hood oh that's awesome (laughs) yeah and yeah those those are kind of neat they're expensive really expensive nowadays (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) you know, I, I shoot the, the comp pro in the, uh, the carbons. So those are the 1000 straightness. Those are the most expensive ones, you know, that that you're going to be getting is, is that straightness in there. And, yeah. you know, I, I have found and proved many times that the straighter the arrow, the tighter the groups. Well, yeah, I had aluminums, you know, I buy a new dozen arrows for hunting season, get them set up. My groups are really tight and by the end of the the season before it's next time for hunting season again i've expanded out to be you know instead of being able to keep them in the axe now then they're in it i can keep them in the white you know on yeah. fine spots you know i can, i can keep them in there and then new arrows and it just tightens up and i had a friend of mine uh he was shooting one of the beamons i think three thousands or something like that and and so i said jim try try these you know I f- fleshed with feathers, they're the same draw length, so they'd work just fine, and amazing how much tighter his groups was, you know, just by shooting That's a straighter fun. shaft. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. That uh, Robin Hood one is one of the, it's one of those things that you're, I've never been so excited and so disappointed at the same time.
0: <laughs> 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 <Just> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a few of them, and um, actually, I did a, a video one time where I showed difference in quality of arrows and i showed one of mine that i'd done at 70 pounds you know from 20 yards away and yeah you know how far it went into the arrows the good quality shaft then i had some other ones the cheaper ones you know like you get at walmart and it's amazing that they went about twice as far into the shaft wow and i'd venture to say i don't know who shot that one but they probably weren't shooting 70 pounds because a lot of people don't shoot 70 pounds yeah Yeah. so it was less weight and traveled further through it and that's just difference in quality of of arrows
1: yeah it makes a big difference for sure Uh, your whole setup is uh is vital to to be inaccurate that's for
0: sure well and things that you can you have to look at too is um, when you're setting your, your bow up and you're shooting for a while, and then as you've shot for a while, has your, your string started stretching a little bit more? Is it starting to wear out. Um, you know, things to look for is, you know, your peep always lined up and now it's not lining up anymore. You know, what's, what's changed? Well, it's probably gotten a yeah. little stretched just a little bit. Um, you know, so there, there could be, you know, a strand that's actually broken. And, and now it's that's weaker and turns them, and, and you know, or it's just um, you know, the temperature can affect it. You know, so yeah. you set it up, you do a lot of shooting in the summertime when it's, you know, 80, 90, 95, Your bow's gonna act differently than if you're shooting when it's 30, 40, 50 degrees out. So things yep. are gonna work differently. So that's that's yep. the to, to look at too. Yep. It's vital to, to, to,
1: to do it in all conditions, you know, like, you know, but it's, you got to practice all conditions and uh, make sure that you're ready for whatever
0: happens. Yeah. The one condition I prefer not to practice for is in high winds.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't like hunting wherever it's like that anyways. It is, it doesn't seem like I see much wherever it's blowing really, really hard. i Rather just, you know, hang out at camp for a little while for that day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and what I've seen is when it's been blowing really hard like that, the only time I see a deer, they're running. Yeah. They're running at top speed. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to find someplace out of the wind, you know, where they can hear and see. And then something spooks them and, and they're, they're just gone. So I, what if that high, high winds? I'm not I'm not going out just because it's you're not gonna see anything. And I've been in trees where it wasn't a real big one, you know, maybe um you know, 12-inch diameter or something for a small fairly small tree. And that wind was blowing hard enough. I was waiting for it to calm down so I could let go of the tree stand. You know, I got my (laughs) boat sitting there and I'm hanging on the tree stand because it's blowing me around so much. I got my safety belt on, but still I'm hanging on. And like, okay, there's, there's no way I could even take a shot, let alone yep. I couldn't even get down because it was blowing so much and and it wasn't that when I got in the tree, it just picked up and uh yeah, um yeah, get out of the tree, yep. does that, get on the ground.
1: That, yeah, that's that's the all natural uh roller coaster ride there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm not real fond of roller coaster rides anyway, especially when <laughs> I'm tree strapped, strapped to the tree, and I can't get down because it'd be bouncing around. And you know, unless you have a lineman's line where you can keep be hooked to it, you you've got to unhook. And now yeah. that you bounce around, and yeah, you just stay there till it calms down. You know, around here in Nebraska, when it starts getting dark, you know, more, the wind will calm down. So, worst case, you wait till it gets dark and wind calms down, and then you get down at your tree stand and say. I ain't getting up in that one again. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right.
0: So where, do you do a lot of 3D shooting now or just backyard or? Yeah, I,
1: not as much as I used to. I, I used to, uh, like I said, we used to do it all summer and uh, now it's uh, a lot busier than I used to be. Uh, work and, owning businesses and you know wife and all that stuff it's just i don't get to do it as much as i used to uh nowadays it's you know that august september time frame i try to get out in the yard and and you know set up a couple of targets and climb up in the tree and you know at least put 10 or 12 shots in you know, two or three days a week or so just to yeah. kind of get prepped and get back in the rhythm of things. So uh, I I don't like I, – I, I do not like just picking up the bow on opening day and hitting the woods. I just don't – I don't think that's the ethical thing to do. I don't think that's the right thing to do. So definitely trying to put in a couple of those reps and some of those reps at least, you know, a month or two months ahead. You know, I mean – I've been shooting the same setup for five years now, you know, four or five years now. And so, you know, everything's pretty well the same. It's not like I'm changing a bunch of stuff every year. So if I get, you know, four or five weeks of reps in, I feel pretty good about it going into the woods. So um, I don't get to shoot near as much as I used to, but I I would like to get started back. Uh, I uh, am definitely, am making a vow this year. I've made it with my neighbor that, he's always, you know, ready to go in September and stuff. And I've always still been fishing. And uh, so this year I I went with him the first of October and kind of got the itch going a little earlier, you know? And so, so I made a vow to him this year that I'm, I'm going to keep it going and, and we're going to go do some scouting in February and, you know, late, late January, February, March, and uh, maybe do some turkey hunting and stuff too this spring. So, uh, you know, just, try and keep in the reps and, and, you know, maybe start shooting a little more uh, throughout the summer too. So uh, I'm, I made that little vow to him this year. I'm going to try and keep it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> try and try and
1: keep it up. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Those, those fish get going. It's hard on me. I, I got to go chase them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, when the fish are biting, it's, it's kind of nice to be out there when they're not biting then yeah, it's not quite as much fun, but it's nice to sit there and I've done that. been on the water. Fish with a buddy of mine, and, and and I didn't even put the hook in the water because I was afraid a fish would actually get snagged on it. I just wanted to sit yeah. and relax, you know. He was out yep. there bass fishing, and was like, you know, I'm just sitting here in the front, you know, give me a little snack to eat, and just sitting here and and drinking some water or something, and and just relaxing. And that was that was good enough, you know. So that's we, later on, I didn't put the bait on the hook, we, but.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we we flip flopped on that. See, I I was crazy and wild about the fish and after them so hard that wherever I went hunting that's the way I was I was like I don't really care if anything walks by or not. I just kinda <laughs> wanna sit here and and enjoy it for a little while. So but uh this, this coming up year is going to be a little different. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna harass them a little more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like fun.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah a little bit nicer weather down there during your hunting season than than we do up here. Although it's been pretty nice here you the know, last few Last few days it gets really cold and then warms up and
1: yeah we uh that's I, I always so I lived in Alabama for most of my life and uh, moved up to Tennessee about seven years ago and uh, that's why I always told my neighbor I'm like it, the Tennessee season messes with me because you know the the peak of the season is mid October through mid November well the peak of the season in Alabama is not until January you know, and, and so I would, you know, I'd really start getting into hunting about the end of November, December, because I'd be finishing up fishing and all that stuff. Well, here it's done and over with, you know, and I would get all fired up about hunting. I'm like, let's go hunting. Let's go hunting. He's like, that's over, man. We're, like, We're done. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so I'm trying to get my transitions going a little better, you know, trying to get transitioned a little earlier, but I am going to Alabama, uh, actually leaving tomorrow afternoon and, uh, going down to meet up with my cousin and stuff and, uh, getting back down there and hunting a little bit this next week. So looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. You gotta let us know how, you, how it turns out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you mentioned that you've got some businesses. What, what is that that you own?
1: Uh, it's actually in the fishing industry. I own a, a tackle company called Omega Custom Tackle. Um, we sell jigs and spinner baits and buzz baits and stuff like that, just uh, all sorts of different fishing tackle. And uh, then I work for this company here, this uh, Sniper Marine, um, and it's uh, actually in the fishing industry as well. So, uh, kind of, that's my two main main deals right now and uh they keep me pretty busy. So yeah.
0: Yeah, what I can do is I put a description um in the description, I'll put a, a link to them so people can find yeah. it a little bit easier. And absolutely. And that'll that'll help out too because it's like, hey, I want I want something tackled. And I, I know um back when I had my store we would tie on what one of the guys called poofa balls. But what we'd take is we take the skirt material from making bass jigs. Yep which is real similar to the ones that you use for that, but it's a little bit different. And they got multiple different colors. And mm-hmm. I take like four pieces, about three inches long, and wrap it around the string and then tie a real tight knot and then pull on them and cut them and they flare out, make little, form little balls on them. Use those for string yeah. sounders back when the, the Novas were, the Nova bows were the PSE bows to to have. And and we'd put those on all of them, just, just something extra. You couldn't price compare yeah. because... You know, you go to Walmart and they would sell them, and all these other places would sell the the Nova bow. And why would you buy it for me? Well, one, it come with a release. It come with six arrows. It come, um, you know, with the string science designer. It, it come with shooting instruction. Uh, you know, it come with all this other stuff. You know, for roughly about the same price. So you couldn't price compare because you got more out of it. <laughs> you know, and back then, you yeah. know, it's like you buy the bow from, um somebody else and bring it in they want me to set it up i'm gonna charge you 40 bucks to install the rest in sight
1: Yep,
0: that's but it's exactly set up right it's set up correctly yeah you know? instead yep. of just bolted on like you don't know how to set them up you know i could eyeball yeah. them close with most people and set them up you know that <laughs> even with some of the jigs <laughs> you know i've done yeah. it so many times that i knew exactly what to look for line them up it's like okay there it is and it's sticking it on the little tools for adjusting them it Was like yeah pretty darn close and just my eyes yeah Yep,
1: I think my the I think the first deer I shot was with a Nova. I bet
0: I just about put money on it. Yeah, they they make good bows. Yep, I I still have two PSCs I shoot. <laughs> a two thousand
1: one yep, and a two thousand three. <laughs> yep, I I shoot a Hoyt now. I've been shooting it for a long time, and uh, it's uh, it's been a good bow for me.
0: There, there's a lot of good, good bows out there. Each one has advantages and disadvantages. And, you know, what you want to do is, you know, we've talked about this many times on on the, the show, but the first thing you want to do, pick it up. You know, if you're right-handed or left-handed, pick up the bow that's, you know, appropriately for you. You know, right. If you're right-hand dominant, pick up the right-handed bows on your left hand. If it feels good, you know, then that would be one for you to shoot. If it don't feel good in your hand, put it back. It's not for you. Yep. That's the exactly right. Matter. You know, if you pick up yep. a bow that's two thousand dollars and you don't like what it feels in your hand, it's not worth anything yeah. to you. You know, you yep. pick up the you know pawn shop one for you know three hundred bucks, the whole set, and it's like you put it in your hand, it's like, ooh, I like what that feels. That's worth more to you than the two thousand dollar bow that you don't like what it feels in your hand because you're not gonna shoot it. Yep. Yep. Exactly right.
1: So how long did you have your store for?
0: Um, I had it for about three years ended up yeah. selling it you know the worst is kind of had, had a tendency to mess things up <laughs> 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 so yeah They'll i, had, that I was you. a psc dealer yes yeah. so lots 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 of bows now there was um then there was three other bow shops around and i sold more psc bows than the rest of them put together wow well, that was the main one I pushed and I stocked things and I, and I kind of, the last year I was there, I 40% of my bows I sold were left-handed. Wow. Because you had know, the oh, population is not left-handed because I stocked them. Yep. That's exactly it. You stocked I stocked them. left-handed bows and I didn't charge more for left-handed bows. Yeah. Even though my cost was I don't know, 10 bucks more or something, I just sold them the same price. Yes. I I yep. didn't make any difference in them, you know, and, you know, and that's, and all my bows come with shooting instruction because I wanted you to know how to shoot. So that's lots good. of Nova bows, <laughs> lots yeah. of had a lot of beginners in there, and and that's when I was start you know starting the podcast and everything else. Like okay, arch talk 101 because I've dealt with a lot of beginners, helping them get started, and and you know that's that's a lot of fun getting somebody started, and, and then, of course now you know the the podcast kind of grown from you know to teaching beginners to learning from those intermediate advanced semi-pros pros pros, um you know your olympic archers your hunters like yourself that have a lot of a lot of hunting knowledge and it's always nice to pass that on to somebody and and that's that's what's so cool about you know doing this and that's why i like doing it
1: i've always liked teaching people and uh that's a lot of everybody that's ever been around me much they're always like you're such a good teacher you know and just I don't know I just got a, a low demeanor about myself don't get you know just more casual I guess and uh I've always enjoyed that I've always enjoyed helping people and just I mean I don't know a lot but I like teaching them what I do know you yeah. know I may not know I may not know everything and I may not know a lot but I you know I can share what I have learned and uh, I a lot of times I can
0: tell you what not to do. I might, might not be able to tell you what to do, but I can definitely
1: tell you what not to do.
0: Because <laughs> we've all done it. It's like, don't do this. I did that. Don't do that. It don't work. Yeah, don't, don't do that. You try something else. It might not work either, but don't do this because it don't work. <laughs> well, and, and sometimes that's what you got to go through It's like how many times it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, some, some of the things that you don't realize, um, WD-40, Failed 39 times of making the water displacement formula. That's yeah. why it's called WD 40. Water displacement ver, you know, version 40. You know, if they had got it on <laughs> on, you know, miss it and got it five more times, might be WD 45. Yeah. Or, or, that's awesome. I 48. didn't know that. That's cool. You know, that that's why it's WD 40, because it was water displacement formula number 40. And that one that's finally awesome. worked. So that's how it stuck. <laughs> awesome i didn't know that cool see you learn something every day yeah yeah it, that's the whole thing you gotta learn something every day awesome yeah cool i know you said you you had to, didn't have a whole lot of time so i don't want to hold you up too much longer um it's been been great talking with you and I, i'm sure we'll talk again and you know if anybody want to get gets a hold of you i'll put a link in the description and uh, you know, they message you in the Archalk uh, 101 Facebook group. I'm not yes, sure if you're in right. there. I think you're in there, but they can message you that way. And, you know, if you have any questions, you can always get a hold of me. Uh, I'm I'm available pretty much any Just get hold of me in the group or on my YouTube channel and make a comment because I do look at the comments and, um, you know, hey, just I'm not hard to find. <laughs>
1: Yep, same for me too. I'm, you know, I'm open book. If anybody's got any questions or anything like that, or just wants to talk about something, I'm, I'm good with it too. So uh, always good for me,
0: that.
1: <laughs> Yep, that's right. So I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I, uh, thank you a lot. So
0: yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and um you know, let us know how your hunt turns out. Awesome. I will. Thank you. It'll be nice to see that and upload some pictures of what you get. I will do that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hey, it's been great talking to you. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next one. My name is Rory Canterbury. I've been hosting Arch Talk 101. And we'll see you on the next one.